0: This is Boom Goddess Radio, igniting inspiration in the Boomer generation.
1: We are Jennifer Davis
2: Page, BB Peters,
0: and Dr. Andrea Gold. How
2: exciting for us to be here, right Jen and Dr. Andrea? And this is BB Peters. We are coming to you from sunny Tucson, Arizona, and can't wait to revisit with two delicious guests Uh, a gentleman by the name of Alan Cates and a lovely woman by the name of Lori DeGuardi. Both of them are single, so they have been traversing the singularity terrain and are now able to share with us what they have experienced. Over the past
0: year because we talked to them about a year ago. So how fun to catch up. We love to check in in terms of progress on the path because we know for sure that wherever anyone is in any given moment in time is where they are at that moment in time. So we get to see where they are at this moment in time. How exciting.
1: And I'd like to know the experiences. Are they having fun traveling down this road? It'll be exciting to hear all of the things that they've been doing and all the people that they've been uh, meeting and entertaining, and whether they're having coffee or whether they have graduated to the dinner stage. And
2: also, how significant, right, that now yours truly, Bibi, is in the single lane herself and I am uh, traveling it on my own. And so to have dear friends like that and colleagues who can now give me the lay of the land in even more personalized
0: ways, it's so exciting. We, I have my has-been, I have, this is Andrea, I have been there in the way distant past. You are looking at the future. And Jennifer, what would you say about... May I
2: just answer for a For you, Jen, for one second. So, if our listeners don't know, uh, Jennifer Davis Page is a former model, and uh, she carries herself in that fashion still. So, my only imagination and guess is that men were flocking to her in those single years. Lined up, they they were lined up. Is really what they were. (laughs)
0: That's (laughs) what I'm thinking. And those were the days before uh, 21st century internet days.
1: There wasn't even any computers
2: during those times. (laughs) Right. <laughs>
1: so it was all my eyes are looking at that's your right, eyes. That's thing, right. right? But, but it wasn't bad. It, but it wasn't, wasn't
0: bad. bad. That's right. That's might right. It might have been a whole lot easier.
2: Uh, right. Right. Exactly. Well, we can't wait. We can't wait to talk to them. Okay. Stay tuned, everyone. Welcome, you two. Okay, let's go with the woman on my right, this Laura Dickwardy. Tell us, please, what's been happening in your life, and and particularly relative to the dating scene and how the men treating you and all of that. Okay, so that'll take
3: about two seconds. (laughs) (laughs) Well, recently, back in September, was my birthday, and I went to Sedona, Arizona on a writing retreat. But I had a migraine headache almost the entire time. So I didn't write at all. And for the first time ever in Sedona, I went to see a healer and she was also psychic. And so she was telling me what was going on with my body and everything. And we had a few minutes left at the end of the session. And I sa- she said, do you have any questions? And I said, yeah. Can you tell me anything about a relationship? <laughs> anyway, she goes, oh, she goes, you need a tall order. And she said, I don't think he's gonna be here in Tucson. I see you working with a matchmaker. And I thought, a matchmaker? So that planted a seed. And I've been meeting matchmakers all over the place. But I haven't signed on with anybody.
2: I love that, right? So it's the coming together. Someone said you had envisioned a matchmaker in your life. And then it appears that now three or four or more are being introduced to you. Well, That's you know, Laurie,
1: Lori, you and I had talked and you told me when I when we ran into each other and you said that you hadn't dated in a while and you said that you suggested that we find a matchmaker for you. So you knew <laughs> you knew that you
3: wanted to do that. Or yeah. You thought it was a good idea anyway, without the psychic telling you that no, that that was after I spoke with. Her. Oh, in okay. fact, I thought it was kind of a, like a really a matchmaker. But the next week I was at a network meeting in Phoenix and I met two women who are Phoenix Matchmakers. I thought, oh, I guess they do exist <laughs> because I haven't had a date since I, we sat in this room before. What was it about the matchmaking uh, suggestion that appealed to you? Why did that appeal more than online dating? Or... Well, it did not appeal to me mm-hmm. because I equated it with online dating. But uh, she got so many things right in that reading about what was going on with me. So I thought, oh, maybe that could be and I'm, I'm pretty adventurous and open minded. And I have been in the single lane for a long, long time, and so driving solo. So I thought, well, let me see what that is. And then the next weekend, when I met two women in Phoenix who are matchmakers, I thought, oh, is that a sign from the universe? And so I thought, well, maybe later this year, because I'm writing a new book right now. And I thought, well, maybe next, uh, the second half of 2019, I might entertain that thought. But I just met somebody last night who has a best friend who's a matchmaker here in town. So I thought, okay, maybe it's not the second half of next year. (laughs) That's
2: lovely. It's fantastic.
3: (laughs) And I don't like online. It does not agree with me. And we'll talk about
2: that in a little while after we get Alan to uh, tell us a little bit more about his adventures. Because there are so many things that you want to touch base on. So, Alan, welcome back again. And tell us more, please.
4: Why, thank you. Thank you very much. Hi, Lori. It's so good to see you. You
3: look so good.
4: Oh, so do you. Thank you. Is there you flirting know? going I on? Why, I don't know why we don't date, but I haven't <laughs> seen Lori since we did this broadcast. Oh, my gosh. Yes. I think
0: she wasn't old enough the last
4: time. Oh, that's true. And yeah. <laughs> we weren't yeah. We do text every now and then. Okay. First of all, that podcast lost me three dates. No! It's true. true. How 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 did that happen? I couldn't believe it. Two women who I've been corresponding with on Zoosk, the dating site, said, we listened to that uh, podcast and uh, we don't want to date you. We don't want (laughs) to see you. And I also got an angry email from someone I dated years ago who said, you didn't mention me.
0: Oh, oh. And I said, Aww. well, this it didn't
4: exactly end well. Why would I mention you? But anyway, so I can't win.
0: What was the anger about?
4: Um, she thought that it was a good relationship. I had a very different point of view, i.e., we broke up.
0: <laughs> That'll do it.
4: Yeah. But anyway, so um, I've sort of dated regularly since the that last podcast. For the Um, both of
3: us. Um, us.
4: And I guess about five months after the (laughs) podcast, so I met a woman and we really hit it off and we were together for about six months and there were several issues that came up and it really did a real turnaround in my head. So we did break up um, over some of those issues and it was mostly my fault if you want to lay blame, if you want to call it that. But it's not just the fault of me, it's the fault of men. And the kind of, and I have to use the word, the kind of poison that we have been fed for decades. So that I suddenly realized that I had become a very passive individual. And that's not who I used to be. And um, I don't know, I'm going Even last week, I was reading an article about what is masculinity, and they keep getting it mixed up with toxic masculinity, which is very different. My father was toxically masculine. He was angry all the time. He screamed all the time. He was violent. Um, He was not loving at all. And so I really know what that means. And so I was trying to figure out, well, how can I explain masculinity during this broadcast? Uh, just to backtrack for one second. Um, one thing I did do is I found a, an Australian male sort of guru, a relationship ex- expert on the net, uh, whose name is Dan Bacon. And after watching a few of his little videos, I subscribed to a nine-hour video about masculinity and what males really are. And a lot of it is traditional in terms of the view of what a male is, uh, but a lot of it also makes a great deal of of sense. He wasn't blaming anyone, uh, but he did say that uh, he's been subjected to the same kind of, I guess, information that I have, which has emasculated men. In my in the last podcast, I talked about how I was afraid to make a move on a woman. I was afraid to kiss her. I asked for permission, and um, what happened? Can we I handcuff really,
3: you? You said right. We, were we, we talking we, about handcuffs too? Yeah, just we to were, lighten things up. We were up. afraid May that I this would <laughs> yeah. But no, has any of that changed,
1: though, as a result <laughs> of your your nine hours of new education? I'm about, sorry, say that again. I said, has any of has any of that changed? When I asked you, do you ask if you could? get permission to kiss someone, has any of, any of the things you were doing before,
4: has any of them changed? Completely. I've done a complete 180. Okay. And I have also noticed that I made some alterations to my profile on the dating site. And I just changed and added a few words as well as changed my photographs. Um, and two of the main words I added were romantic and feminine. And i'll tell you the as a result of that the kinds of messages that i get they have quadrupled i get a lot of views every time i go to look at the site there are 10 plus because they don't measure after that so they're probably about 15 to 20. Uh, as well as a lot of messages.
2: Let's just clarify that 10 plus, meaning that 10 plus women have responded to your bio or to your notes, yeah. right? Yeah.
0: Yes. And I also want to add that your hair has grown. Yes. And it is sort of almost shoulder length. And it's longer so than mine. In,
2: the metamorphosis, <laughs> right? How fascinating. You're looking pretty
1: sexy, Alan. You're looking yep. pretty sexy.
4: Well, if you look at what I'm wearing, so I wear boots. <laughs> Sometimes I wear vests, I wear a leather jacket. You but came I...
2: in with a fabulous fedora hat, yes. and a great
0: le- leather
4: Fidoras jacket are coming back.
3: and John Lennon yeah.
0: sunglasses. And John Lennon <laughs> sunglasses,
2: man, what a transformation. This and is it's so exciting. To
0: What do women really want? That opens that whole question.
4: That is really interesting. Tell us more. First, I have to explain, I think, uh, what masculinity is. And I've been dreading this because I thought, I'm not sure I can explain it. Except yesterday, I was watching a, a series on the Roosevelts. And they were talking about FDR just after he'd been elected president. And a woman was talking about him and said that he is a man. And then she went into detail about it. And I realized this is the definition of masculinity. He is caring and loving and kind, affectionate, but he also um, takes on the burden of things himself. He's unruffled. He doesn't cry on anybody's shoulder. Um, And you might say, okay, well, that's sort of the traditional definition of a man of masculinity. And don't we want to do away with that? Don't we want to see men show some kind of emotion? Well, it was kind of interesting because he rarely did. Even when he got polio as an adult and was in severe pain, he always was cheerful. Uh, he always looked at the positive view of things. And so you asked me, what do women want That's what women want. They want to feel safe. They want to feel protected. And they can't do that if a man is crying on their shoulder.
2: And you know what, but Ellen, what you say, though, is exactly the uh, same for women, right? When we talk about femininity, there are so many words that you just identified that relate to me as a woman as well. I want my friends to be like that as well. And I love how you bring that up. So do do go on, please. Well, okay. Let me
1: just interrupt for a minute. Oh, okay, sure. Lori yeah. turned her face up when you said that she which part? wasn't agreeing. Which part? Oh, okay. Oh, which part? <laughs>
3: I think the last sentence you well, kind of
1: twisted your face up a little bit. Well, yeah, You're I think some of the last things bit.
3: that you mentioned uh, was about a man not showing emotion or um, right, right, that's right. that kind of thing, and. Now, I haven't had dates like you have, Alan. However, uh, the man that I will date next will show emotion. Now, I don't want him to cry on my shoulder when I need him to support me. However, and I've got Italian ancestry and I have a lot of Italian friends in Italy, and they show emotion. And I find that very attractive. And they will also, you know, go on the battlefield for me as well if I needed that. So there is a healthy balance between all those things that you shared and then some yeah. So there's t- distinctions to be made between
0: personality, level of evolution, in a way. I mean, we want somebody to be evolved, to have grown, to have learned from their past errors. sensitivity. So I think sometimes we get caught up in the polarity of masculinity and femininity.
2: Yes, I agree. Well, <laughs> let's go back, let's dive right back into Alan's. Talent okay. Here are some. Story. Here are
4: some things I've learned from Dan Bacon. And what's kind of interesting is that he doesn't use any big tricks, um, big a lot of visuals. He will throw something in every now and then. But he's talking directly to you, like you're his brother. And um, I never had that. I never had a male in my life who could talk to me directly about what is a man, what is a woman, how does life work. And you don't have to agree with everything that he says, but uh, I found most of it really made a lot of sense. Now, here's something that he said, and Laurie may disagree. (laughs) Um, He said that um, you don't want to be friends with a woman. He said, as soon as you go to that place where, oh, yeah, we're just going to be friends, and frankly, that's what I did in my last relationship. Oh, yeah, we'll, we'll be friends. He said, this is called the friend zone. It's rare that you get out of the friend zone, and what you have, in fact, become is another one of her girlfriends. She doesn't need that. Yes, she wants a friend, but it's a romantic friend, and know what the distinction is.
2: Okay. Let me just uh, add right here that I don't agree with that completely at all. I think that there is nothing more heavenly than starting a relationship in the friend zone. Because when you build up that level of flirtation, of that eye exchange, of that uh, romance, it has to start, in, in my mind, from a source of common interests, of support, of identification. And for me, that works beautifully, speaking as a woman.
0: Laurie?
3: Yeah, so I agree with you. And what I want to say is Andrea mentioned polarity. So I've met a number of women in the last year or so, and they're a little older than me, who have been married for quite a long time. And they've told me that they and their husbands are not sexual anymore, but they have these wonderful relationships that work. Okay. So me, I've been single most of my adult life and I'm very passionate and I have an incredible fire in my blood and sex drive. And so for me, I'm not going to have just a friend relationship. I need that sexual chemistry and And what I've experienced and um, from my own personal experience and also with talking with a lot of other people, men and women, and in my field with personal power and empowerment and higher consciousness, that polarity, if it's going to happen, it has to happen in the bedroom. If you're sexual and want to be sexual, if there's not a polarity in the bedroom or in that sexual way, well, to me, that would be not a fulfilling relationship that I could uh, invest in. And that's what makes for chemistry. It's the striking of the match. It's the spark.
4: Forgive me if I got this wrong, but I think, <laughs> I think you're agreeing with me.
3: Yes, yes. It yeah. sounds like it.
4: it yeah. At first like you said it. you're you're agreeing with Barbara. Well, no, but, both.
3: It's not an either or. It's an yeah, and.
4: Yeah. But that's why I made a distinction between a friendship and a romantic friendship. And the, that's why there is such a and romantic friendship. You're, you're pals. You talk about a lot of things. Yes. Um. But I will make it dis- your you pals, but you're not buddies. If I need a buddy, I'll go to one of my male friends.
1: So this person it- that's your friend, are you ever going to have sex with her? I'm sorry? The friend. If you have a female friend. She's not talking about me, Alan.
3: <laughs> I know that. I know that.
1: Thank you for making that distinction. <laughs> so if you've got this female friend, are you going to eventually have sex with her? Or is this a person that you like, but you're not physically attracted to? How, how does that work?
4: Because I'm not. OK, I have a lot of female friends and I call them friends and I've never had sex with them. We are pals and buddies, just like I have male friends. But um, and I find them attractive. But we don't have that special spark that connects us, that we have a really strong romantic interest in, our, in each other.
2: Well, we're going to take a little switcheroo in just a moment right after (laughs) we come back. So this is B.B. Peters, and we're so excited to be back, in case you're just joining us, with our two lovely guests, Ms. Lori D. and Alan Cates. And we're talking about the travails and the paths that these two lovebirds, not to each other, have taken so far in their lives. Welcome back, everyone. Hello. Lori. Thank you. You were talking, we were in the middle of a discussion about masculinity and how that how women perceive that, what women really want, what men want. So let's just go back into your more recent experiences so that we can share more with
0: our listeners what you've been up to. And I want to add a little bit more into this, the um question of intimacy that sometimes we confuse intimacy with romance or sexuality, but it can also be just a part of really getting to know each other and getting to that point where you even have interest in one another. And are
3: you referring as physical intimacy or intimacy? I'm talking about sharing what's in your heart, or sharing, sharing intimately
0: the truth, the honest truth about who you are and what you're feeling.
4: It's interesting you say that because women I've talked to um, think that the word intimacy and romance and sexuality are all the same. And they're not.
2: That's
0: interesting.
4: Well, I I sit corrected (laughs) then.
3: I think intimacy is being open and vulnerable and authentic. And that aspect of me comes across in every single relationship I have, whether it be with men
2: or women.
3: yes I I'm an I'm not an open book, but I'm real and I'm present and that makes other people feel safe and perhaps some men who I'm not dating but get to know me may think that um, that there's something there because in their mind I'm being so open with them that must mean something. But that's just who I am. You know, what you see is what you get. Okay, there's a mystery there. And if you ask me out on a really lovely date, you'll get more, more of me. But, you know, I'm intimate with everyone.
4: That's really, that's really good. Because I realized, too, that what I look for, for example, if I'm on this dating site, and I'm reading profiles. Tell me who you are. What's in your heart? What makes you happy? What is sacred to you? I want to find out what is really real about that person. Yeah,
0: those are
3: great questions.
0: Alan, how do you read between the lines? Lori? how do you read between the lines when you're looking at profiles? We're talking you know, particularly about online dating, and we'll get to the other kinds of things. But what are you reading? Both of you are writers, by the way. But what are you reading when you, when you read between the lines? How do you get
4: signaled? OK, let, let me first give you my view of the profiles that are on these dating sites. I think you have to read them as a suggestion of who this person is, that this is probably what the person wants to be, wishes to be, but they are not necessarily that, as i found, that things are exaggerated. Some people out and out lie um, for whatever reason. And there's it's so easy to find out the truth. So, uh, so I don't understand that. But in any case... Um, I used to take these profiles seriously, but I do not anymore.
0: One thing is the profile. Another is the response to to your response. So we've got two different things going on, because I remember Lori once saying that she evaluated the thoughtfulness of a response, and that was a turn-on, the thoughtfulness. You read into the response that this person was giving real consideration to
3: your question. He heard you. Yes, that's important to me, because if in person or online, and by the way, I do not date online. I did try. But you've tried it, right? I've I've tried it, (laughs) and I was on Match.com for one month last summer at the urging of a very persistent friend of mine. So I said, okay, I'll do it.
2: <laughs> so I, and I'm on it now for almost three months and we'll be getting off in around seven days or so because it's time. I've had the experience. It was a mystery. It was fun, you know, doing it while it was going on. But uh, there are some, ca- some caveats in there as well.
1: Alan, do you think a matchmaker would be able to
2: help men or you particularly?
4: I don't know. I had a great aunt who was a matchmaker. And um she tried to fix me up, but I was you know, I was too young. I was just in my twenties. But it, it could a matchmaker a... help? Possibly. Well yeah, what can
0: a matchmaker actually do? I mean has, have either of you spoken to a matchmaker? Uh, I, you interviewed those three women.
3: No, I've met th- I met two in Phoenix, and I just learned about a, th- a woman here in town who I haven't spoken to. And I did not speak to the women in Phoenix as a potential client. It was a network meeting for speaking. Back east, when I lived in the suburbs of Philadelphia, I learned about a mother at my children's school who had introduced several couples, and they got married. So she said, well, I might as well do this as a profession. So she opened up um, a matchmaking site. Her clients were men, and then she had women in the database. And at that time, I was single. Like, I've been single for oh, such a long time. Um, <laughs> and I I said to her, I, I messaged her, and I said, hey, I'm a, a mother at the school, and I'm wondering if we could talk about your services. I've been single for a long time and what it costs. And she said, you know, Lori, you've done so much work for nonprofits and for our community and in Africa, all the nonprofit charitable work I had done. She goes, I'd like to just have you, meet you and have you in our database, no cost to you. So I went in and I spoke to her and she, uh, she asked me who, um, what kind of person I'd be interested in, but her clients, the paying clients were the men. And so she, had me meet with two men on two separate occasions and it was not as uncomfortable as an online dating thing for me because the the discomfort only started at the date not at the whole process of going back and forth but one gentleman um so so there's so we all have such funny stories right about dating so i met a, a man the first one who was kind and he spoke at dinner all about his diverticulitis and his poor relationship with his daughter.
4: Very sexy.
3: Very sexy. And, um, and so I said, you need to coach him because he wasn't um, obviously trying to woo me or impress me. He probably felt that intimacy about my and just opened up. The second gentleman she fixed me up with, and I'm not joking about this, he looked like my grandmother's younger boyfriend. Poor guy. There was like, <laughs> you know, I mean it was absolutely how could you date somebody that looks like your grandmother's boyfriend?
4: You sure it wasn't him?
3: Yeah, yeah no, <laughs> it wasn't him. And so that didn't work for me either. And um and then I I didn't do it anymore after that. So, but I believe that a a matchmaker, at least a good matchmaker will go through the filtering process and if she's an insightful as insightful as say, I am, she'll have a good hunch whether or not two people will at least hit it off for fun over dinner.
0: So I'd like to say that the first step is in interviewing the matchmaker deeply and asking about his or her experience and really using your great intuition, Lori Allen, to really see, uh, get some insight into that person's motivation as well as their skill set. And ask a lot of questions about how they proceed, because most of them, many of them use what you say they have the um the the male of the species is paying for this, and the females are in a database, so that in itself is is telling
1: but you would think a good matchmaker would interview you i mean be really um, to hone in on what you really want so that you don't have any of these kinds of of Dates were these dinners or coffees?
3: These were dinners, yeah. Yeah,
1: that I can make a long night. Yeah, yeah,
3: it it was, yeah, it was something. Uh, I have a friend here, a newish female friend in Tucson, who has um, been separated or divorced from her husband for just a couple years, and she was married her entire life, like forty some years, and she joined a dating service, not online, and it was a couple thousand dollars, and she had four dates, and they were all awful. And so, Alan, this is really good for you. But, and I think that this is a testimony to how many times you've dated compared to how many <laughs> I have. Like mine's a big goose egg in Tucson. But one of the men that she had dinner with said, hey, do you know that there's seven of you to every one of us? That's what he said to her. There's so many more eligible bachelors than women in Tucson. So there we bring up again the whole notion of what is a turnoff. And,
0: and I think it would be fruitful to hear from each of you what actually, you know, oh, whether it's physical the or, yeah. But let, let's have some of them because I think that it would be useful. And I know you have a story, Bibi. Yes. And I want to add
2: to that pile as well. So after the guests go, I will freely share my uh, experiences as well. So, Lori, what are the turnoffs?
3: Five,
2: five, Let's start turn with off. five turn offs. Five, or three, maybe. Okay.
3: <laughs> Probably the biggest one is lack of self awareness. Two, inability to see or hear me or anybody, which kind of goes with the first one. The third one would be I don't know, those are the top two. Okay. Well, That's great. But for keep me, because for me, keep it's thinking very. thinking about it. Because other, otherwise, it's very personal based on my core values. Um,
2: that's okay. We'll, yeah. Yeah. we'll get back to you. Alan, what are your top two or three?
4: Well, probably the top one is what I'm looking for is does this woman have a richness in, inside her? Is her inner journey something remarkable to her? Not just to me, but to her. Or is she just on the surface? So that with some of the questions I would ask are very probing and um. Depends on what kind of an answer I get. Whether they open up. Some of them are really shy or scared or whatever. But um, the way I look at it too is that we've reached this age. Don't be scared anymore. Yes, yes, that's great
2: advice. Yes, both you...
1: sexes. That's fantastic. Well, Ellen, what are you looking for? Are you looking now to have a look? Are you looking for a wife? Are you looking for a a lifetime companion or? Hallmark story? What are you you looking for?
4: I have no idea. And I wish I could be very definitive. I was definitive maybe six months ago or, you know, during that last podcast that we have. I'm looking for someone who I really interact with and relate to, um, that we have a lot in common. Um, we can teach each other. We can enrich each other's lives. We touch each other in many ways, and we have absolutely wild, great sex. Yes, yeah. I mean, I'll,
3: I'll go with all of what he just said. <laughs> right, plus, and plus. and I am very open to being married. Okay. You're very open to be yeah. committed in a, yes. a relationship
2: that is uh, official as well. Yep. Well, not to just put a downer on this, but ju- <laughs> I just want to add my two uh, not so Turn good turn-offs. Turn offs, thank you. <laughs> and so, Alan, you would, uh, you would um, um, appreciate this as well. And one of them is the person's voice. Uh, so one of my coffee dates was this man who had a, a very mouse-like, squeaky, tiny little voice. And I was... Talking to myself while talking to him, if I could get adjusted to it, is this going to bother me for the rest of my life or for the next month or two? And I concluded that yes, it would. So so that is part of the chemistry that did not fit. The other turnoff is their manners at the table. Another one was a lunch date where the man moved the food around in his mouth with his finger because we had just finished <laughs> eating. And so the that was just sort of he was cleaning his teeth. And then he asked me to kind of quickly look at his teeth to see that they were clean. So, what? Th- that's just a turnoff. <laughs> Alan, do you do that? <laughs> but but otherwise, an intelligent man who is newly retired, who is comfortably off, with, uh, with whom I shared so many different things, loved red wine in the winter, loved white wine in the summer, uh, same, you know— films and so many different things that were aligned. And this one factor was just like a no-no. So uh, that's just some of my experiences.
0: <laughs> and going back into the archives, I do recall that lots of times on a first or a muffin day, and maybe because of anxiety, there would be the, the male person in this case would talk only of himself and like you were talking about before about being visible or being seen. It's really a turn on to be seen by another person. A
2: muffin date, excuse me, I just need to go back for one second, okay?
0: (laughs) Could you just please identify what that is again? Well, you know, back in the day when I was in the position that you ladies are in, I, I didn't want to commit to any long-term thing because a lot of times it's just a matter of you see the person sitting and waiting for you, and you want to just turn around and make believe you didn't show up at all. So the <laughs> civilized thing to do would be simply to, you know, enjoy, and that was just a shorthand, enjoy a muffin together, and that would be about it. Oh, oh, nothing to do with body shape or anything. <laughs> okay, I get
2: it. I get it. <laughs> All right. So, where were we? We were talking about the connection, right? So, I I think Jen asked the fantastic question of you, Alan, what are you looking for? And you've addressed that a little bit and I mean,
4: I haven't I haven't finished that. Oh, please I, in do. terms of please in do. terms of marriage, I just have a big question mark. Yes. I mean, I was with the same woman for 21 years. We had a great relationship. Uh, it's not that I'm looking to replace that. That's impossible. But um you know, I have found that I like where I am personally. I like living in my house. I like my puppies. Yes. I like my work. Yes. Um, and I've been trying to reorganize in my mind, do I want to be living with someone? So that's a question mark.
2: It's such a huge question. You have just, like, made my skin go goosebump play, okay? Because it's a question. Is that question. in a good way? Yes, yes, yes. Like, yes, like, we are connecting. And uh, I am considering the same thing. Uh, do I want to live with someone? And do I want to have someone share my new beautiful space that I've only inhabited for the past six months? I I'm so glad you brought that up. Can I tell you what
4: my ideal relationship is? Yes, yes, yes. With someone who I'm absolutely mad about, crazy about absolutely in love with. She lives across the street. She has her own house. I have my house. We visit each other. We bed hop. We go places. But she has her space. I have my space.
3: Okay, so I have to add something to this. For so many years when I would hear people say, oh, we've been married for 15 years, 20 years, 40 years, I'm thinking, really? You've been brushing your teeth aside of that person all that long? <laughs> and about two years ago, I. so it was like more of like a, ugh, Two years ago, I thought, how amazing and wonderful would it be to meet somebody that you'd want to brush your teeth with side by side for years? So you're talking about having a house across the street. And, B.B., you were talking about, do you want to share your house? Like, my house is a small house. My son's staying with me right now. He's in the room most of the time, so the house is big enough for two people. However, I would love, and I, I have a feeling I'm going to, meet a man who would have me consider having a second house or moving with him or buying a house or having two houses or squeeze him in my house because it's so awesome when he's in town. So I'm looking for the person who would make me say, yes, with an exclamation point. Yes.
0: And a lot of that has to do with how long you've been single and how long each of you Have been single, meaning B.B.'s only been at this game for about five to six months. And you, Alan, is it like two years now?
4: Uh, Over three years.
0: Over three years. And it takes a long time to rediscover ourselves after we have been in a relationship. So there's a whole joy, as my partner here can attest to, in kind of spreading out and expanding into your whole new space once you accept that. May
4: I just interject Please something? Please do. Huh? Okay. No, you can't. Oh, I can't. Okay. Um, oh, you're tough. Do it up. Okay. Um, we've been saying a lot of things here. I would like my girlfriend living across the street. You also have your own views, Laurie. But when you meet that person and you're madly in love, it's amazing how your views morph and change. And you will suddenly accept things that you swore you never would before. And you're happy about it.
1: In New York City, let me tell you, the New York Times, we did a show on this, Living Apart Together. It sounds like living apart together is something that you two might want to consider. And these are people that are married or have been together for a long time, but they don't want to do this everyday thing.
3: Mm -hmm.
1: They don't want to look in your face every day they don't want to brush their teeth with you every day so they have they have they have an apartment they do it before you see them right they have an apartment
3: my bathroom routine is mine alone yes
1: they have an apartment each of them have a separate place to live and when they want to go to the movies together they they call and say let's do this movie dinner booty call perhaps and then they go back home and they've been doing this for years and years and years. And from everything I've read, it's become very popular. People stay together for a long time. Now, if you can afford to live like that, that sounds
0: like it's an
1: ideal way to live.
4: I like that. It's I one like of the most I ideal do. ways
0: with you know, people over fifty, people over sixty, when you meet them, they're partners, they have separate houses. It's becoming like the fashionable thing to do because when you've grown up so much sometimes in yourself, you really relish the kinds of things that you've grown to love. Yeah. And you of course, your it, space. You, your yes, space. your space. And it makes you so much more appealing to another person because you know to your point before you have a person who's developed themselves and is not just moving laterally from one relationship to the next
4: yeah now i do know a, a couple where she lives in china and he's here so they see each other a couple times a year and they say they have an ideal marriage i don't see it that way but, but you know marriage i don't think is, that's what we're talking marriage
1: about. is what you make of it i mean every couple comes together and they make their marriage work for how, how, however it is they want it to work my husband lives in chicago I live in Arizona. He's a snowbird. This works out beautifully for us. Mm-hmm. All I right? know. People so everybody back has to, to design. Do that too. Everybody has to design their marriage. Yes, yeah.
2: absolutely. And I just wanted to, before we lose the th- th- the thread of this, let's go back to the woman across the way from your house. What is stopping you from being in a relationship completely committed to her and, vi- and vice versa? It sounds like so much fun. What's missing there?
4: You do know that's hypothetical, right?
3: Oh, <laughs> oh she's a politician. So he
0: already
4: has was, a relationship. That, with her. Is a, that is a hypothetical. <laughs> such, uh, what I told you is what I would like. However, I oh However, I did have a relationship with a woman who did live across the street from me when I lived in Toronto years ago, and it was it was pr- a lot of fun. You know, I didn't watch her brush her teeth and yes, we would bed hop and we would go out and I'd visit her in her her house. She'd visit me in my house and we had um, a lot of fun.
0: So just like Lori was saying before when we were talking about polarities and we were talking about what's the switch? What's the ignition? Sometimes the ignition is simply separation, not separation based on a nasty, you know, a nastiness or a fight, but a separation, even in a marriage where you respect one another's space. And by the time you come together, you're appreciative of that. There's enough of a difference, like a lot of entrepreneurs that I work with don't want to work with their husband or wives because it's just too close. It eliminates the magic Altogether. But by the same token, a healthy separateness, whether it is having two bedrooms or definitely having two bathrooms or having two separate houses, can really work in terms of sexual chemistry. Yeah,
4: And also, then, if you have two separate houses, you're not involved in the nitty-gritty of each other's lives. Yes. I don't want to see her paying her bills. Right. I annoying don't want habits. to know her financial She can send
1: them to you, and you can pay them all. You can.
4: <laughs> yeah. If she wants to max out her credit cards, it's her problem, not mine. You know? Now, you
3: see, I am open to what the mystery comes. Uh, brings to me in my life. So it could be one roof relationship, or it could be two or a couple. It could be the same town. It could be different states, probably not different countries, because that, um, just because that doesn't, I'm not sensing that would work for me. But I don't have a definitive, this is what a relationship's going to look for, look like for me, and what's going to fulfill me. I do know what my core values are and what are the non-negotiables. And I know the things that are, are that I must have in a relationship. And then there's so many other things that will surprise me. And that, to me, is exciting.
2: I love how you say that, uh, that you're open to those ideas. And we'll catch up with you two lovebirds in just a moment after this <laughs> very short break. Hi everyone, welcome back. You are listening to Boom Goddess Radio with the lovely Jennifer Davis Page, Dr. Andrea Gould Marks, and yours truly, BB Peters. And we have the two exciting guests with us today, talking about just a whole big idea about dating life, dating in your fifties and in your sixties. How different that is. Welcome, Alan and Lori. And let's just talk a little bit about what you are planning to do. What are you? for the next, let's say, month or two, because you know we want to have you back as often as possible so you can keep us and our listeners in the loop.
4: Well, I uh, will continue to um, date online, and it's actually become a form of entertainment for me, <laughs> and especially as a writer, I really enjoy reading some of these profiles because some are are really so outrageous, and I'm learning you know, new things like uh, sapiosexual. I had to look that one up, you know, which means that they get turned on if you're intellectual, which I find a very odd thing to say, but be that as it may. Um, And also um, in one profile, she talked about how her man had to be manscaped. I had to look that one up too. And I thought, you gotta be kidding me. And then I looked up womenscaping. And yes, they do it too, but you all know that. and, but I had never heard manscaping. How and much time are you going to give the yourself? Latest, the latest one that I saw was that her man must have no amalgam fillings.
2: Because they interfere with French kissing or?
4: She didn't explain, but I looked that up as well. Because Which is toxic. the old fillings have mercury in them. <laughs> I would so say that my man fact, would need teeth. You know, I looked in the <laughs> mirror this morning. I thought, do I have any left? And I found, yeah, there's one. Oh. There's one left. Oh, okay. My so cross
2: God. Are off the list. cross I
1: guess I'm off the, the list. list. Yes. Okay. Alan, <laughs> one quick question before we close: How much time are you going to give yourself? I mean, are you going to play with Match.com for a year, six months, or when do you think you're going to be tired of the dating scene and try and knuckle down and find a fine woman to spend the rest of your life with?
4: Whoa, I don't know how to answer that. Because,
2: knuckle down. I can't see you knuckle, knuckle down. down how do I knuckle down? <laughs> okay. So if
4: I knuckle down, do I go to a bar and look for the, the, the woman who attracts me the most? I mean, no, how you, do I knuckle down? What do I do?
1: You know, I I've, I've have a couple of people that have just seen someone across a crowded room, and they're together, you know? So things happen.
4: Yeah, you know, I've done that. That's how I met my last wife. Okay. It was across a room. Mm-hmm. So I mean, that implies we, we that you're 20, going to
0: be getting out of the house. Yeah, then more we spent 21
4: years together. But I have been to some events here in in Tucson um, with the singles, and it has you know it just hasn't worked out. It'll okay. happen. For and me. so,
2: tell us a little bit about your business side of your life. What do you do? Where are you in your new books and all of that?
4: Um, at the moment, I've been working on a very large project, and I finished the first draft, which is 541 single space pages. Um, now about to go into the second draft of that, and then I have three other projects that are sort of sitting on the fence. They're kind of in line waiting, but this project will probably take another couple of years to finish.
2: And where can our dear listeners find you?
4: They can go to my website, which is uh, ghostwritingmaster.com. dot com.
3: That sounds sexy. Yeah, baby.
4: <laughs> well, thank you. I have never
3: thought of it that
4: way. Yeah. Before.
0: Love that. And I had a question to Lori, which
3: is, I know that you're writing a new book. Mm -hmm. What's the subject of that book? I haven't uh, condensed that into a sentence, but the subject is another personal development book. But this time it's through the story and it's going to be narrated, but it's going to be mostly through the voice of Nambi. So Nambi is a Ugandan sky goddess. She's the mother of all Uganda in the creation myth. And because I worked so long in East Africa for the children there, they called me Nambi. Many called me mother. So I was given the name Nambi. So I'm writing the book on her creation myth with a bit of creative liberty and then some mystical experiences I've had in Africa and here in Tucson, all about climbing your mountain of greatness and being your authentic self and really getting why you sense there's something more for you. And so Nambi's story is going to tell you what that's all about. Oh, we can't wait to have oh, you back and talk a movie. about this. It's a, yes. movie. it's a movie. It is a movie. It is a movie. <laughs> She's writing a screenplay.
2: Yes. And where can our readers and listeners find you, my dear? Okay.
3: Well, I'm here in Tucson, Arizona, eligible bachelors with a ton of self-awareness. <laughs> uh, so my website is leadwithpersonalpower.com and... So leadwithpersonalpower.com. You can find me there. And I'm on a lot of the social media platforms by my name, Lori DeGuardi. I'd be happy to connect with people. I have a lot of uh, complimentary personal power resources on my website. I tell lots of stories, like how I got kicked out of a rock concert in January, how I was a pirate just a few months ago. (laughs) And now I'm an actress and a movie producer. Cool. Cool. <laughs> I love that. Uh, so I'm doing that. And my, one of the latest gigs I'm going to have, which is relates to our topic, is my sister who met her fiancé on Match.com back in Reading, Pennsylvania. They're getting married in July. She asked me to officiate the wedding. How wonderful. So I world. got ordained.
4: Mm-hmm. Wonderful. And wonderful. so now I can
3: marry anybody who wants to get married in states that allow that kind of thing. Oh, God. Oh, I've got to
4: keep that mic and save a few bucks. Yeah. For you, yeah. <laughs>
3: <laughs> for you well, okay. I will definitely you. do it free.
4: Oh, thank you. You're
3: welcome.
0: <laughs> thank you both for being here. And thank you, fellow goddesses, B.B. Peters, Jennifer Davis Page, and me, Andrea Gould, signing off for now. Have a great day. You know
1: what I think I'm going to do? I think I'm going to be an online minister. I think I'm going to follow Lori's lead and be able to marry anybody that wants to come through our network.
2: What do you think, ladies? Well, what was so interesting to me is that, and this is what our listeners don't know yet is during the recording I've been calling them the lovebirds and then we go out and take a photo as we typically do with our guests and the two of them are holding hands so I'm saying oh my god this is like we have this amazing power we bring these people together they didn't know each other prior to appearing on boom goddess and now they're holding
0: hands so what does that say about our ability to create a bonding experiences among our guests. And they don't even know it yet. And I also think that each of them is a stimulus to practice their flirting because they feel safe enough with each other. They've come to know each other. They're in a safe environment. And I love that idea about those two, right? That's why we said we want to have them
2: back time and again, because they are free in expressing what their thoughts are, what their emotions are, what their opinions are. And perhaps the opinions may be a little strong at times, but nevertheless, they are free with that.
0: And I might be able to marry them. How about that? Wouldn't that be a hoot? (laughs) I think that's a role that you'd really enjoy. <laughs> you could craft the entire ceremony and put all the caveats in that you it want. It would be lovely, just lovely. I love how we can talk about relationships
2: as a whole, right? There are so many different types Uh new people that are meeting each other for the first time. There is dating on Match or any other app. There is a a relationship where perhaps someone is just going out, but there is no sex involved. Uh, There are
0: so many different ways that people have and live their lifestyle. And there are so many different varieties of workable relationships. I mean, there are people who seek companions. There are people who really are looking for, quote-unquote, more. There are people who, obviously, with some of the apps that some of the people in other generations are using, hooking up purely for playful and sexual reasons. I was out to dinner the other night,
1: and I saw there were lots of uh, couples over 50 that were in the restaurant. And I, I was while I was waiting to uh, for the waiter to come to our table, I was kind of thinking and and making up my own stories about each table. I
0: do that all the time,
1: and you know, sometimes, you think they've been married for 40 years. You know, they have that, that couple has a chemistry. And then it's the other couple that they're still touching each other, they're still touching each other's hands. And she's putting her hand on his face. And you don't know whether or not they've been in a loving marriage for a long time or this is
0: a date for them. You know, the people, we were out to dinner and um, I was watching the couple right behind sitting directly behind you, Bibi. she was crying. He was maintaining a level presence. And so your mind just naturally goes to, what happened? Why is this Why is this emotional? At first I thought they were just dating because there was such intensity between them. And then they started to fight in a very quiet way. And then she started to cry. And so, you know, there's storybooks abounding in restaurants, aren't there? And then it's so, that really
1: sad couple that sits for two hours and you never hear them have an exchange at all.
0: They're they don't just, even look you, at each you know, other. They're
1: ordering, they order, and once they've talked to the to the waiter, they're done. Which is really very sad.
0: Adventures in dining. Adventures, Stories.
2: Right. Stories to be told and shared and experimented with. But it
0: does, it does really coax us into the next couple of episodes that we'll consider or segments of episodes about all those different kinds of relationships and the different times in relationships, the different, like what it feels like to begin, what it feels like to get used to and to adjust and, you know, what it feels like to maybe be done. Well, I have something to
2: share, and that is that I'm about to connect with two new men in my life. Uh, One that I met on Match, and we'll be talking, uh, remember how we prescribed the methodology of doing a Email, a phone call, and then a coffee. Right. Well, I'm going to be doing the phone call, the middle part, on Sunday after two, and then next weekend, a gentleman that I met at a friend's house during a brunch, he and I are going to get together. So I have so much to report on. I'll have to have them sign some sort of non-disclosure agreements. It, well, you know how they—they
1: they haven't been too effective lately, the non-disclosures. But we're really excited about. Hearing about, about hearing is there right now? If you could tell us, is there one that
2: you're favoring more than another? Well, I haven't seen in person the okay. individual I met on Match yet, so I cannot uh, adequately
0: judge that. And remember, we asked Lori the question, What is it about the correspondence part? He keeps um, writing, Dear Beebe."
2: No matter how often we've corresponded,
0: so he's and an old-fashioned kind of guy. So yeah,
2: yeah. Well, thought, some that's way. so sweet. Is that a
0: turn on or a turn off for you? Oh, a turn on for sure. Of okay. course, when someone calls me dear B.B. But you're like you're liking the formality of it, the respect. Yes, yes. So those I am. are those are words that we want to put up on the board, right? <laughs> respect for sure. Respect for sure. On the lighter side.
1: My granddaughter is talking to me about uh, her girlfriend who was dating, and she met this guy. And he said, let's go to Redbox and get a movie, and then let's go back to my house, and I'll put a pizza in the oven, and we'll have a lovely evening together. So she said, okay. And this is their their first date, and they're they're like 20 years old. And uh, so he puts the, the movie in. He would gotten from Redbox, and then he put the pizza in the oven. And then in a, about 20 minutes, the oven went off. Bing! pizza's ready. So he looked at her and he says, now this is the hard part. So he jumps up, he goes in, opens the oven and pulls out the rack, pulls out the pizza, no mut- mutton gloves, oh. and screams, oh, I told you this was the hard part. She says, I've decided I'm never going to see him again because he's just stupid. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Well,
4: spend the rest of
1: <laughs> for more information visit our website boomgoddessradio.com and follow us on facebook boom goddess we'd love to hear from you your interest powers our programs